two. Well, welcome back in off of a weekend that did not have a big-time significant championship fight. Did have one fight of interest in Mexico that may have something to do with the super uh, featherweight division. We will talk uh, some about the win by Luis Neri in a few moments. It is the Fight Freaks Unite recap show. I'm TJ Reeves. He is our insider. Fight Freaks Unite is his Substack. Also, he is an insider for us, a content partner on Big Fight Weekend. Hello, Dan Rayfield off the weekend. Uh, how yes, are sir. things? Happy Sunday. Yes, we are. Uh, we're good. There's NFL football going on while you and I are recapping. Mrs. Rayfield, birthday celebrated this weekend. All good there. All a lot good. of things. Uh, a lot of things buttoned up here on the weekend. Yes, and we're right? gonna we're gonna get we're gonna do this podcast. And I'm gonna go back to uh, following <laughs> on what's happening with the Giants and see if uh, Mr. Judge can hit number. 62 finally you got Last other one. things occupying you i got sunday night football at the time we're taping this we have not had the sunday night football game yet the chiefs and the buccaneers i'm working that on buccaneers radio but we are here for the people we are here for the peeps with a recap podcast and we are here with the former wbc heavyweight champion deontay wilder a one-on-one conversation with you we're going to play that interview you spoke with him recently we're going to play that interview in a little bit right tease them real quick yeah listen i mean they're 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 promoting the uh, they're promoting the fight, obviously, with him and Robert Hellenius that's coming up uh, on October the 15th. And, uh, you know, it's his first fight since the loss of Tyson Fury, of course. And, uh, you know, he's he's back in promotion mode, back in boxing mode been training. You know, remember, people uh, had read and heard about the fact that maybe he would retire and this and that. Uh, Deontay Wilder's not retiring. Uh, Deontay Wilder is ready to fight. It sounds like to me he's in like people will hear in the interview. Excellent spirits, uh, good mood, talkative. Uh, excited and uh the same old Deontay Wilder we've all known and looking forward into going in the ring and hopefully for his sake you know he's hoping to get another big knockout and uh it was, it was good to talk to him because you know he, when he when he doesn't fight he kind of goes underground he kind of stays out of the spotlight he stays away from things but when he gets ready to come back into a fight you know it, Deontay Wilder's like a force of nature and he's back in and he's talking and he's excited and he gets you excited for the fight I was watching some of the the shoulder program and they were doing uh the Fox uh uh, had the premiere of the uh, countdown to the fight uh, the other night on uh, on their network. And, you know, I was watching that. That got me a little bit more excited. I mean, listen, is it the biggest heavyweight fight of all time? Obviously not. But is it a, an interesting fight with, uh, you know, uh, at a very exciting, interesting, you know, important former champion taking on a worthwhile, solid, uh, legitimate contender in Hellenius where, where something interesting had happened? Absolutely. I, I'm, you know, for a non-championship type fight, I'm very much looking forward to it because I've just always enjoyed watching Deontay Wilder do his thing, win or lose. Uh, you know, you're probably going to be in for something interesting. And I suspect we'll see something similar to that uh, in the fight coming up October 15th. So I was happy to talk to him and uh, looking forward to being at the fight. No doubt. We'll hear from him here in a few minutes. Uh, again, however you found us, social media link through Dan Substack, through the Big Fight Weekend website, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure you're following or subscribing. We go in the preview mode before the weekend, and there's a ton to preview every weekend coming here in October. Recap mode off the weekend. You get both of those, and then you get special different podcasts, interviews that we have going on, et cetera, if you're following or subscribing here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed, just like with Fight Freaks unite all right with that being said again Luis Neri former two division world champ he was in the most significant fight of the weekend he got a third round KO TJ it was like the only fight of the weekend okay I'm being I'm dressing it up as best I can because you don't I understand I'm not trying to fool him he's the uh, he's the most significant fighter because he's a former two division world champ he was in action late replacement opponent he got a knockout I, I didn't know how quickly he would get to this guy uh, David Carmona, the late replacement, but he did third round KO knocked him down a couple times with straight left hands. The last time he hit him uh, flush side of the head, Carmona's uh, corner through the towel in. All right. So Neri gets the KO Dan, your thoughts now about he's in the picture. Is he not to maybe fight Steven Fulton, the three belt, uh, two belts. Uh, I thought he has three, but he has two, uh, what he's got WBO. And what else? I don't know. Which got? all I know is he's got two belts, and Akmedali has got the other two belts. He's got the other two belts. All right, so two belt champion Fulton, and maybe Neri could be a 2023 opponent. That's the significance of him continuing to stay busy and winning. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I mean, the main thing is uh, he was he had he had uh, been in a unification fight with Figueroa, lost that fight by uh, by a knockout, 
and he's trying to get back on the winning path. This is his second, his second win in a row since that loss. Still a good contender. Still a, a usually an entertaining fighter. A very good puncher, obviously. And the thing that was interesting was that even though this was not a title fight that he had with Carmona, you know, he's campaigning at 122 pounds. He had been a champion also at 118 pounds, but the fight on Saturday was at 130 pounds. Um, presumably, obviously, if he's looking for Fulton, he's going to go back down in weight. So not unusual to have a fight over the weight uh, in a non-title fight. I was surprised it was two weight classes over the weight, but Neary's always had those issues uh, making the weight. So hopefully if he does get the opportunity to fight Fulton or somebody else, uh, of consequence in that weight class that he'll be back at 122 and uh, we'll see what he can do. But clearly against a journeyman caliber opponent, he still carried some punching power, even at 130 pounds. All right. So he got the win again. We fulfilled the obligation on the recap. There's the most uh, significant of anything that was significant from the weekend. There was news since we uh, came out with the preview podcast, uh, the best way that I could term it, and I, I wrote it this way on BigFightWeekend.com, using your stuff from your Fight Freaks uh, substack, is a reversal on the reversal by the <laughs> WBA. They have reversed the reverse. And now they say, Leo Santa Cruz, you got to fight Lee Wood here. Give them the, de- the, de- the details, the deets on, uh, on the reversal of the reversal. I'll try to make this painless because Please. it is a little minutia-ish. The bottom line is the WBA has, for the, since August of last year, been saying they're going to reduce all of their extraneous titles from having uh, at 1.3 titles per division. They got rid of all the interim titles. Now it was a lot of divisions with two, meaning a regular champion and the so-called super champion. And they've been actually doing a steady job. I have chronicled it since the beginning. Uh, they got to a point where most of them were handled. There were still like six or seven left to deal with. And for varying reasons, they weren't happening. Uh, they finally ordered, uh, not related to the uh, the featherweight situation, but on Friday they ordered uh, the regular champion and the super champion in the strawweight division to fight each other and a purse bid if they can't make a deal. So that will be another weight class in which they will be down to only one title holder. And the situation at featherweight where Lee Wood is the regular champion and Santa Cruz is the super champion, uh, they had ordered that fight also back earlier this year. And I, I thought, okay, we're making progress. Well, then they'd allowed, um, they allowed – they they ordered a purse bid for that fight and the, the two teams, Eddie Hearn, who's the promoter for Lee Wood and PBC, which works with uh, uh, um, Santa Cruz and, and TGB promotions. They, they went to the WBA and said, we have a deal. Great. Now we're just waiting to find out when and where. And then suddenly they came back to the WBA and said, here's what we're doing. We're going to have Leo Santa Cruz fight Ray Vargas in a unification fight. Ray Vargas, of course, is the WBC champion who's also with PBC. And Lee Wood is going to fight Mauricio Lara, who at the moment when they agreed to that fight was unranked, which is against the WBA rules. And it was a very big mess. And if people read what I write, they know yep. that I freaked out and had a kind of conniption about it. Because you did I on believe, this podcast and you did yeah, here as well. I believe in following the rules. I mean, you know, there's certainly exceptions can be made, but this one was just preposterous. In any event, Lee Wood was supposed to fight Lara back September the 24th. Lee Wood suffered a biceps injury. So the fight was canceled. So, and they also had not gotten any particular specific dates or updates on what they were doing as it relates to a Santa Cruz versus Ray Vargas fight. So for reasons I'm not totally clear on, although I definitely support what the result was, the WBA decided that with Laura being out and, 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 and I had some back and forth uh, with uh, Gilberto Mendoza on a text message chain, you know, he's the president of the WBA. And, right. you know, even though people know that, that I've had my issues with the WBA all through this, Gilberto Mendoza and myself have always maintained a cordial and friendly relationship, even though he knows everything I write about and everything I say about that we have, I have issues with the organizations, but on a personal level, you know, we have good communication. Um, And he said that they had never received any medical uh, updates from Lee Woods people, you know, about the injury. So I'm not, they're not saying like, you know, he's lying about it, but they're part of their rules. Are you supposed to be able to provide, you know, medical uh, updates if, if you're calling off fights that are supposed to be for titles? In any case, all that being said, they decided that with that Laura fight being off that, you know what, enough is enough. We are going back what we originally said, which is you have to fight each other. <laughs> they issued a resolution uh, uh, on Thursday or Friday, which I wrote about, and, and they were specific. And they said they now have to fight each other. They have X number of days to negotiate the deal. The purse bid still is going to be 75-25 in the favor of Leo Santa Cruz, who's the, the super champion. And uh, if they don't make a deal, there'll be a purse bid. And the, to me, the big thing was, the very last sentence of that resolution uh, to paraphrase it was there will be no other, nothing else is being entertained. This is it. 
purse bid or not. And I, I, I believe maybe naively that if they don't make a deal and the fight doesn't take place or whatever happens, something, uh, you know, messes it up, that, that there'll be some strippings happening and they'll be down to one title holder, whether the fight takes place or not. And whoever is the one that's responsible for pulling out or canceling, that person will lose their belt. So Santa Cruz was supposed to fight Vargas, like you alluded to and you wrote about, but they haven't firmed that deal up. And so is this the WBA just saying, you didn't firm the deal up, you don't have a date, and so now you're back in play to defend your title here or we're stripping you? Did I make it too simple in all I mean, that's sort stew? of sort of what I'm led to believe that the PBC side was actually okay with this because for whatever reason, they were not able to finalize a Ray Vargas deal. I don't know that to be the case, but again, the most important line of the resolution, which detailed all the background, people can read my piece on it on big fight weekend or on my sub stack about it. Uh, but the quote at the very end of the resolution, I'm reading it directly here. No other permit will be granted until a single champion in the featherweight division is determined. In other words, that I don't believe that line was in the previous resolution they're basically saying we're done either santa cruz and we would fight or someone's getting stripped because there's going to be one champion when this is all said and done and by the way that's the way it's supposed to be yeah it's one thing for us to live in a world where there are there are four major organizations wbc wba ibf wbo that's fine i mean it's not perfect there's one world there should be one world champion but put that aside Within the context of a singular organization, there should just be one champion. You know, I can live in a world where there's multiple organizations because it's a worldwide sport and you have to keep the business and the activity and the fan interest going. So I can live with that and we can get to unifications. But within the context of a singular organization, have multiple champions is just like literally the dumbest thing in the world. So the WBA is now doing their part to take care of the, the, the horrible situation that they created. Uh, but at least they're taking care of business. And in the featherweight division for their reduction policy has stood out like a sore thumb. Uh, and by the way, Lee Wood against Leo Santa Cruz is a good fight in the ring. And it's a fight that probably would be marketable and, and commercially successful. So it's not as though it's the kind of fight where no one wants to make it or see it because it won't make anybody any money. This is a fight that could actually generate some money. Now, mm -hmm. they got work to do because they got to figure out where the fight will be. They got to figure out who's broadcaster it's going to be. Lee Wood, of course, is on his own. Santa Cruz is with PBC, largely on Showtime, perhaps a Fox pay-per-view. But the point is, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a commercially viable match in whichever a location or network it's on. All right, we'll see how they resolve it. But now we're back on the reversal of, of the reversal to Santa Cruz, Wood, or else for the WBA's version of the featherweight championship. And this is not, and again, we don't have to go for five more minutes. This is not to say that Santa Cruz won't get stripped and fight Vargas anyway. What sure. you're saying is he's not going to fight him as the WBA champion without fighting Wood first. I've always Here's said, TJ, from yeah. day one, that if they wanted to just do Santa Cruz versus Vargas for the WBC title, no problem. That's a good yep. fight. I have no situation. I have no issue with that. But you can't do it with him being the WBA champ. The WBA now apparently agrees with me. Uh, and we'll see what happens. I agree with you as well. I agree that we should move on to the Bronze Bomber, who is back uh, coming now in two weeks in Brooklyn, New York. Dan spoke with him recently about his return after a year layoff, about his opponent. How serious did he contemplate staying retired since he hasn't fought this entire year? Did he, did he really contemplate uh, walking away for good? Let's hear all of that now as part of our Fight Freaks Unite recap. All right, everybody, I'm here with uh, somebody that you know very well. If you're a boxing fan, it is the former WBC heavyweight champion of the world, the man I have covered since his professional debut in Nashville a long, long time ago. And here we are, Deontay, back again. Thank you for doing this uh, with me. I appreciate it. You're back. It's been a one-year layoff for you by the time you get into the ring. It's an important fight for you, a WBC heavyweight semifinal title eliminator against Robert Hellenius. And I'd like to start off, Deontay, by just asking you, uh, after – after the year off, following uh, the, the third fight with Tyson Fury, taking that time, that rest uh, to heal, to think, to do, uh, think about whatever you were going to do with the rest of your career, can you just speak to me a little about your mindset about it after a year layoff and, and your, just your enthusiasm for getting cracking on what you've said is going to be uh, a second title reign? Uh, man, I've been, I've, been, uh, I've been at peace. I've been happy. I've been in a happy place, you know. I always tell people the uh, yeah for me 
to be rich, to feel rich, to feel wealthy is to have my peace and happiness. And I'm always drowning myself in into that. You know what I mean? I'm always happy. I'm always at peace. And uh, and I, I think that's what people... Can you hear me? I hear you just fine. Yeah, I think that's what people uh, get, get it wrong with me because they never hear from me, especially outside of boxing. I'm, I disappear on purpose. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a loner. I like to be alone at times. I like to be with my family at times. I like, you know, a lot of different things. So people will always uh, uh, wonder what is he doing or how he feeling. And they think they would get off of pictures and stuff that they would think they know how I'm feeling. See, a lot of journalists and reporters, they'd rather be, they'd rather be first than being correct. And it's a big problem. You know what I mean? With that, you know, and um, of course, everybody has to feed their family, but be correct when you're talking to, about a certain individual because you can be so wrong. And with that being said, you know what I mean? It just, it's been a blessing for me. You know, I, I haven't, I haven't had uh, 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 any time where I feel like, you know, I'm stressed out, not dealing with boxing and then like that. I mean, life itself is a stress ball, you know what I mean? Yeah. So especially when you have as many kids that I have and I'm working on trying to get four more to have 12, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but it's, it's been a great, great thing. I, uh, I can honestly say I've been at peace and I've been happy all the way through. Well, I'll say this. Uh, I certainly am a journalist that always strives to be accurate before I'm first. So take that for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know that you know me a long time. Um, before we get into the fight between yourself and uh, Hellenius, I just saw uh, going back for a minute on the on the Fury situation. I mean, you got the two losses to him. They're the only two losses in your career. Other than that, it's been all knockouts except the the one decision when you first won the world title against Tavern, who you came back and knocked out in the first round. And do you at all? Uh, and and plus, you have the draw with Tyson also. Uh, do you chalk that up in any way just to like you know what? Hey, he's just got whatever style it is to beat me, but I I can take care of everybody else. Now I don't think nothing of it. I, I know I know the truth, and uh, I always stick by the truth of, of, of everything. You know what I mean? I don't take nothing uh, back from myself and anything. You know what I mean? Even when I certain things I, I I felt a certain way before going out, uh, certain things happening. You know what I mean? I don't take nothing back. It just allowed me to show what true warrior I am and where and, and what I you know, I go through the flames of fire to, uh, to, um, to do what I believe in. Like I tell people, I'll die for what I believe in. And I show that each and every time, you know? So, uh, once you, they say, they say, uh, the truth will set you free. So I know the truth of all things, you know what I mean? And, and of all, other people's as well too. And with that being said, I can sleep at night. I can do the things I can live my life without no worries or concerns of anything. Uh, uh, but can those that have done wrong to me, can they sleep at night? Can they say the same? And, you know, that's the big question about it. But far as me, man, I, I take nothing back, man. Nothing at all. I don't think about a lot of this stuff because I'm blessed. When I wake up every day and look around, man, my, all my good days, I weigh my bad. And with that being said, I have no complaints. You understand me? I make, I make, I make more money outside the ring to end. And that's because of what I've been able to do over the years of me trying to teach other fighters and explain and go around other things, even when people would think I was talking crazy or, oh, you know, I need this, that. Now the lab, the last on them. I don't have to do this no more. Right. I'm, I, don't, I don't have to do this ever again. The only people I had a problem with me coming back was my financial people. And they pulled me, they pulled me twice. They said, why are you doing this, Mr. Wilder? What, what? This is what we work so hard for. This is what we build. So you won't have to do this again. What? What? what you coming back? What do you? It was a big shock to them. I like, yeah, I'm coming back. I, I, a lot of people need me, especially when they gave me that statue. Ah, uh, that did it right there because I, I had no feeling, I had no purpose, no reasoning of coming back. But when I was, when I gave, when they gave me that statue and put me in a, 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 a small bus, a small list of people in general that that have a significant and relevant statue. You know, I was like, ah, oh, man, I got to come back. I saw, I this, I saw that statue. So many that statue was pretty oh, awesome. Bro. I mean, that was pretty cool when I saw that. So it looks just like it, too, I have to say. It was very uh, impressive. Um, so that was a big uh, honor, I'm yeah. sure. Um, now, the third fight between yourself and Fury, uh, it was the consensus fight of the year. A lot of people say it's one of the great heavyweight championship fights of all time. Um, I've done this for a long time, and, 
I was there ringside for Lennox Lewis against Vitaly Klitschko, there in Wembley Stadium for Anthony Joshua against Vladimir Klitschko, and then there for your fight with uh, Fury, the third fight. To me, that's the best heavyweight championship fight I've ever covered. Uh, and I wonder, even though you didn't win the fight, does it give you any sort of uh, excitement, solace, or whatever to know that you were one half of a fight that will live in history forever, that people are going to talk about for as long as there's boxing? That was so good. Yeah, I think throughout my whole career, you know, they'll be talking about different fights that I've got into throughout, I mean, throughout my whole life, even when I die. I don't just look at that one particular fight, you know. I look at all all, all the fights, you know what I mean? You got you to gotta get credit to all the fighters that risk their lives and step in that ring, you know. You don't know what it is until you step in the ring and put your life on the line, you know. We can talk about boxing. People can analyze boxing. They can give their opinion on how they feel or you can... Say you're an expert in it, but how far of an expert are you if you had never experienced it? You know, and um, that's just what it is. So, you know, uh, with with all the fights, I think they're always going to, uh, you know, remember something. You know, although that's it's the recent and uh, the best fight they've, they've probably seen, you know. But, uh, you know, I get credibility to, to all the fights because every fight was a risk, you know, the risk of the life. Uh, and uh, that's why I, that's why I have a problem when you get certain promoters talking about telling other supporters, other support uh, promoters, why is you paying those fighters all that money? I'm like, what the fuck you talking about? <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't put a price on a life. And anybody that's dealing with a promoter that's another promoter getting too much money, I advise you fighters to run. Yeah, listen, I was just saying that fight with Fury will live that live live on forever. You know, whoever was the winner, whoever was the loser. Uh, but now you got Hellenius. Obviously, it's an important fight for you. Coming back, uh, looking to get towards another championship fight. And I know that you and Robert uh, have been friendly with each other. You've sparred with each other. Certainly a lot of respect shown between you two uh, at your press conference to uh, kick this thing off. And I, I was curious, uh, just your thoughts on him, just as, like, because it being in your camp at, time, at one time or another, and if you could just sort of detail, like, when you sparred with him, approximately how much you sparred with him, and, and uh, what do you expect from him in the ring? Yeah, I've I've had Robert in my camp uh, uh, many of times, so we we know each other very well. And um, and by two fighters knowing each other, sometimes they make a great fight. It can make a great fight, or it can make a boring fight. But everybody knows when it comes Deontay Wilder, it's, it's very likely that you will come to a fight with Deontay Wilder and see something boring. Right. Um, majority of the time, it's, it's on the opposite side. You on you on the edge of your seat because you don't know what's going to happen, but you know that it's coming. And when it comes, bam, baby, good night. And uh, but with Robert, what me and him have in common is uh, the warrior mentality, the warrior heart and spirit. That you know, we'll 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 go out for what we believe in. And uh, and with that being said, I'm not taking Robert lightly. You know, and that, in fact, you know, I've, I've I've you know, in camp we've done different things. Like I said, I'm at 447 rounds in, in 17 days. So, you know, if it was a, a camp in the past, shit, 400 rounds, that's how already the camp has been over with by then. Now, let's just, you before, know, before you just, go further, let's clarify, 400-plus rounds, because I've heard you say that, and I've seen the quotes about that. You don't mean actual sparring rounds. You mean sparring, pad work, shadow boxing, all together, correct? Everything besides the running. We don't even count the running okay. in there. Got you. you know, yeah, because we run Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And but I, I ain't considering that. I ain't considering that as rounds and stuff like that. So I, I just don't want, I don't want people to think in. that you've actually had four hundred rounds where you're getting hit and vice versa. You know what I mean? Where it's you're taking well, everything into account. Now that'd just be ludicrous to do <laughs> exactly. that. Some people you know thought that though. Oh uh, no! Nah, hell no! Nah, <laughs> hell no! Nah. So what? What kind you know, of? Uh, uh, if there's anything, uh, is there anything that you sort of think because you know each other from the the camps you've done? Uh, watch each other. But so what sort of issues might Robert present to you and sort of like what's the main thing you and Malik will work on uh, as you prepare for this particular fight? I mean, it's, it's a lot of uh, characteristics that Robert possesses and hold, you know. Um, but my main thing for him is breaking his spirit, yeah. you know, because he can do a lot of things. I mean, he's tall, he got long arms. His arms probably is, is, is just as long as, or longer than I. He's tall. He's You know, we're about the same height, maybe a little bit taller than I or whatever. And, um, you know, he got a good IQ. He don't give up. 
You know, even when he looking tired and that, he's not gonna give up. And that's what I like so much about Robert, especially when he come to my camp. I know when he come to my camp, I'm gonna get a, a, a great, some great work, and I'm gonna get somebody that's not gonna quit just because they get popped with a good shot or whatever the case may be. He's he's very doable, and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be able to survive and last as long as he allow himself and put his heart to so. And and gonna make a great fight. So it, it couldn't have been a better opponent to choose than him coming back, especially with a guy on a winning winning streak, to try to uh, obtain something that he's never had before. I mean, I've had the title. I've defended it uh, multiples of time. You know, I've attained accomplishments and obtained uh, success in and outside the ring. You know what I'm saying? And so. I don't have too much to prove anymore. You know, I think I've proved a lot of everything I've proved that was in my in my hands or in my powers of proving. You know what I mean? And uh, with that being said, you know, this is going to be a hell of a fight. You know, um, I kid you not. You know, and, um, you know, a lot of people say things to promote and stuff, but people at this time, they got to understand when Deontay Wilder speak, I only speak truth. You know, I'm in a business where you can't cheat nothing as far as, Stepping in the ring and your life is on the line. You can't cheat. You can't cheat your life being on the line in the ring. It either gonna be what it is or it ain't. Listen, you I, either gonna see what's gonna happen. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, when when I heard that your opponent was gonna be uh, Robert Lennius, I was like, you know what? That's uh, all things considered, the the layoff. Uh, you know what he's been done in his recent fights. I'm like, you know what? That's 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 a solid fight. It, it struck me back to a conversation I had with Malik and also with uh, Shelly Finkel about when you did come back. Uh, you know, they knew that wasn't necessarily going to be a title fight right off the bat, but they didn't want to put you in with a, a, a just a, a knockover kind of opponent. So, you know, I think people should applaud that you're taking on a, a solid opponent like that. Um, and you got to keep in mind that Robert's been way more active than I as yes. well. So it's you know a semi. So yeah, it's a WBC semifinal eliminator. The other semifinal was last weekend uh, with uh, Andy Ruiz uh, with his victory against your old rival Luis King Kong Ortiz, who you have two knockout wins against. And you were there in the ring with Andy after the fight. I just wondered, uh, you know, there was some conversation about if you win against Hellenius, he's got that victory in the bank. That would be the fight that they would put together uh, WBC-wise for the mandatory. Uh, what are your thoughts about that down the road with a mandatory at stake, assuming everything goes good for you October 15th on the uh, Fox pay-per-view with uh, Robert? Hey, I, I always have said, and I always still remain by my words of what I've said, that I, I never look pass a fighter, but I always look through them, and looking through them will allow me to speak around them, you know, um, I'm taking Roberts very seriously, I gotta get, I gotta get him out of the way October the 15th, but, uh, uh, looking past that, you know what I mean, looking through that, um, you know, it's gonna be a great fight with, uh, me and Ruiz, you know, I, I feel it would be a great fight while it lasts, yeah, uh, I don't exactly. see that passing very long either. And uh, but you know it's 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 something that that the fans would love to see, and uh, we got a great reaction from the crowd, you know, uh, that was there. And um, we'll see what happens after this fight. You know, um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, getting them out the way and uh, moving forward. So uh, I'm for along in the heavyweight division. Your fight that's coming up, uh, Andy's uh, Andy's fight against uh, Ortiz, is is two of the fights that are part of what's a lot of stuff going on in your heavyweight division. Uh, I wondered, uh, in terms of other things going on in the weight class, did you have the opportunity to see the Alexander Usyk rematch victory against Anthony Joshua? And uh, briefly, if so, what was your thoughts about that particular performance and that wet fight? I did see that. And, uh, you know, with, with, with Joshua, um, I mean, what happened was was expected. Yeah. I expected Joshua to be very cautious with punches, you know, holding him back. Because uh, he has a serious stamina problem. And um, that was my main factors for him. He's going to be cautious. And he ain't going to want to waste too much energy. And, you know, that's what it looked like it came out to be. You know what I mean? And um, and Usyk took it with it. You know, Usyk's a good fighter. But, you know, I don't think he's 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 he, he's the best in the heavyweight division. I liked him more at Cruiserweight. And I like him more, uh, a lot more at Cruiserweight. You know, by him gaining weight and being up here, even him looked like he was fatigued a little bit and, and, and different things or whatnot. But uh, he did just enough to get it get it done. And, um, and um, 
and uh, looked like he had, you know, a little fun doing it as well. So, uh, big props to him, and uh, and, uh, uh, and you know, much success and blessings to both of those fighters. You know, uh, I can say all I want with certain fighters and certain things, but at the end of the day, man, I wish nothing but peace and blessings upon all fighters. Sure. You know, because uh, it, it, it takes a lot to get inside that ring and do what we do to risk our lives well, he's for make, others entertainment. He's making a lot more money as a heavyweight than he was as a cruiserweight, and I know you could appreciate that. He says he's going to sit out. No, yeah, he says he's going to sit out for the rest of the year, and so because of that, uh, there won't be, at least in the immediate future, a undisputed fight between him and uh, and Fury. And now you got Fury saying he wants to fight Joshua. That's sort of like one of the big things that's been going on in the heavyweight division right now. What do you think about that matchup? I mean, is that a fight that you'd like to see as a as a boxing fan? And I'm sure you'd love a crack at the winner if that happened. Um, that, that's not a fight that just you know that I say, oh shit, I gotta see that one. I right. gotta, you know, what I mean, I didn't, that that fight don't just. Um, get me uh, uh, super excited to watch and see, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, uh, if it happens, I think it'll be a good fight. You know, um, I can see that fight going the distance. I don't see uh, that fight uh, being a knockout or nothing like that. And I, I can see my, I can see Joshua beating him. You know what I mean? I know that's crazy to say. Uh, some people are like, how you see that? But, Why is it crazy? I don't think know, that's crazy. Right, you know, what I mean, but some people would think so, you know, what I mean, uh, but uh, I could really see Joshua winning that fight. To be honest, if he go in and do what he has to do and not think so much, I think Joshua thinks a lot. You know, what I mean, he doubts himself a lot as well. I don't think he have a, a lot of self motivation, a self confidence in himself, and that's just my opinion. That's just me on the outside looking in and and stuff like that. I know what it is to take to be a warrior, a killer. To have a killer mindset, to look in the eyes of a killer, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Yeah. And but with that, the energy, the feel of one, and I don't get that from him. I don't sense that from him. You know what I mean? And uh, but I think if he go and correct, just some, he don't need a lot of correction. You know what I mean? Uh, if you correct certain things mentally for him, I think it's, everything is just mental for him. And because uh, uh, physically he can get everything else done, but. Sometimes it's just that mental part. Yeah, no, you know, I got mental you. is is the biggest part in in this business. Mental, 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 not the physical, but the mental part of it. And I think if he changed certain things mentally, that uh, he, he, you know, he can come back and redeem himself at uh, uh, even more so than ever. All right, I got just two more questions for you, Dante. And one of those is you talking about Joshua and his situation. I have to say. When you guys were both champions and both undefeated, that was the fight everybody wanted to see. And I'll say this, even though neither of you have titles at the moment and neither of you are undefeated anymore, that's a fight that I want to still see. And I know a lot of people would still love to see Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua. That's one of the most attractive, I think, biggest fights in the weight class. Titles or no titles, undefeated records or not. Uh, have you ever have you thought about as that as a prospect still in the future, even though it didn't happen back a few years ago? And what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm in the I'm in the business. So uh, while I'm in the business, hey, whatever makes sense, we're gonna make it happen. You know, the saying is, "What make dollars make sense," and uh, whatever makes sense. And you know, I'm in the business of uh, 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 making great fights. You know, and putting it in history and making our 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 uh, era one of the best eras that that has ever been. You know, and um, and you know, with that being said, I'm still in there. He's still in it. So why not? You know. Uh, uh, that's a fight I, I, I'll definitely fight when the opportunity and time is right. You know, I, I, I got you. When, when I think about when I think about him, I always think about the past and shit. Like it's hard to get past the past. Sometimes they say don't dwell in the past because you 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 relive those emotions that you had back then. Because we we tried our damnest to make that fight. And they know they did. He didn't want to take the fifty million and all that. And, we tried, man, and it's just, you know... But how, how time's and, changed. That's water under the bridge, the way I see it. Yeah, it's water under the bridge, but, you know, it's kind of... But the thing is, Dan, the saying is, I may not remember your name, <laughs> but I'll never forget how you made me feel. I got you. You understand that? Yes, yes. And uh, that's how it is. That's how it is, but, you know, uh, we ain't with the funny games. Don't come to us talking about an offer when we got other things already set and then planning and finna go forward with it. Certain games is just it's just over overdone and, and and played out. You know what I mean? We're grown ass men. You know, and when I look at this uh the, this this business, 
I don't look at it as a business where you have to lie or, or have to play. I mean, I look at this business. If any other business or whatever they want to call sport or whatever, this business right here demands, you know, respect. The demand, it ain't nothing to play around with. It ain't nothing to joke around with because we risking our lives. What other business you know that more guys have, 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 have died than in this business of boxing? Listen, I'm not going to argue with that. You guys all put your and lives on the line when the, when the bell rings. I get it. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah. You know, so I just, with I just, that being said, I, you know. So uh, we, we'll see what happens. The, the future is bright. I'm back. I'm here, and um, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not going to never happen, but I do believe it will happen. And uh, when it does happen, it'll be it'll go down in history as one of the best as well. I I think that's uh, got a good chance of happening. I just want to wrap up with this last question. Uh, you know, in the last year before you decided to make this fight with Robert. Uh, you know, you spoke about retirement and you weren't sure if you wanted to continue. You said the statue presentation in your hometown uh, prompted you to make the comeback that you still had things to do. But I know that means that retirement, at least for a little bit, was on your mind. So I wonder when you think about that, have you ever thought to yourself, uh, uh, how much longer do you want to still go? And, and more significantly, uh, other than winning another world title, do you have other goals left in boxing? Because you said you've had your money, you've got a, a great um, legacy in the sense of being a long you know, a long-term heavyweight champion, 10 title defenses, something that's not common, uh, perceived and, and beloved as one of the great punchers in the history of the sport, fight of the year under your belt. Uh, what else is there to do, and, and what are you thinking about in terms of how much longer you want to stick around? Well, as um, I have thought about uh, my length of time that I would devote myself uh, back to my craft of, of entering back in the business of boxing. And um, I came up with only three years, three and a half, whatever. The end of 40, I'm done. And uh, most of the time, heavyweights peak later, late late years of their, of their lives. But uh, I think for me, I think by the end of 40, I'm done. I'm going to give everything I got. You know, I, I still want to keep the regimen of fighting three times a year. That just kind of uh, means that I got to up the, the, the increase of, 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 of body maintenance a little bit more uh, TLC, you know what I'm saying? Added to that, and um, and um, and uh, still pursue great fights and, and and give my best and my all the last three and a half years that I have, three years or three and a half years that I have, I'm gonna devote myself to it and try to make the best fights out there possible. And um, and that's my my, my look on it, you know, uh, when it comes to that. Well, those and, uh... um, that's all I need. Yeah, those last three and a half years, they start October 15th. Deontay Wilder against Robert Hellenius, uh, a WBC semifinal heavyweight title eliminator, live on Fox Pay-Per-View from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Deontay Wilder, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. I wish you nothing but the best in the fight coming up and the rest of those three and a half years. Thank you. Yes, indeed. I appreciate you so much, and I wish you nothing but the best, man, and have a wonderful day. And we've got to understand that three years is not long. That shit's going to come and go so fast. So all you fighters out there, get your money right, get your mouthpiece right, and get your promoters or your managers or whoever promote you telling you want to fight with Deontay Wilder because he only got three more years and a half or whatever, and I'm out for sure. You hear it right here. That way nobody has to wonder or uh, procrastinate or guess or, 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 or speak for me when you hear it from the, from the man himself. But I wish you all the best. Good luck. And the, and, the, and, the, and the king is back, baby. So, so, live, so, 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 so long live boxing, baby. Here we go. October the 15th at the Barclays Center, me versus Robert Hellenius. Don't mm -hmm. miss it. There you go. Words of wisdom from Deontay Wilder. Thank you, sir. All right. Blessing, Dan. So once more, you did share this on the Friday Bet US boxing show that when you interviewed him recently, he was actually driving and you said, Deontay, don't turn the video on. Don't be looking at this. You can just talk to me while you were doing it. You wanted to ensure the safety of the bronze bomber before October 15th. You did not want it to be a Rayfield responsibility if he did not fight Hellenius. So. Well, the video was on. That was the thing. We were on a Zoom call. So he was driving in his car and, uh, you know, and every now and then looking at me and I said to him, I, I, I was like, you know, I was like, before we started the, the interview that folks heard, I was like, don't get in a crash. I, I can't, I can't be right. responsible for my man, uh, the bronze bomber wrecking the car and messing up the fight and messing up his life. And that would be a big problem. And he kind of laughed and, uh, but he was driving safely. Uh, 
and uh, enthusiastically having an interview with us. And I tell you what, you know, when you interview Deontay Wilder, one thing, and I hope it came across in the in the interview uh, that folks listen to, he's a very engaging guy. Like he may be sometimes difficult to get in front of you to schedule an interview because so mm-hmm. many people want a piece of him and he's very uh, uh, busy and a lot of people are going after him. But once you get him in the chair, so to speak, and you get him to sit down and talk to you, there are a few people that are more engaging and interesting to talk to than Deontay Wilder in this business, in the sport. And he wears it on his sleeve and he's good for the sport in terms of promoting it, at least from an American, an American heavyweight that knocks people out at the highest level is obviously good uh, for the sport. And just one more thing that I will add to this. I, I think you and I have talked about this off the year, but I'm sharing it here on Fight Freaks Unite. I am actually headed to Tuscaloosa, Alabama this coming weekend for the Alabama-Texas A&M game. I'm doing the game on national radio broadcasting. And so I will try to find the Deontay Wilder statue that he was talking about. You've been talking about that. I need a selfie. All right. If I can get a selfie. I need need TJ TJ selfie with Deontay Wilder. And I have been told by a couple of other people that are around it. It is really cool. And I've seen the video of it. So I'm going to try to find that in Tuscaloosa. And that is one of, by the way, everything being equal. God only knows we're day to day. I am supposed to be in Tuscaloosa three total times this football season, including doing the Alabama-Auburn game at the end of the year in what they call the Iron Bowl. One of these times, I pledge to the audience in Rayfield, I'm going to get around that statue. And it may be this weekend. I'll see if I can get a selfie going, and I'll tag you on that. I've been Listen, I've enjoyed my – I've never been to Tuscaloosa because mm-hmm. when Deontay has fought there, I was not at those fights. His title fights were largely in Birmingham. Right. But I've been to Birmingham for his uh, title fights. And I have to say, I've traveled to a lot of places for boxing events, and uh, the fans and the community in, in Birmingham were welcoming, were enthusiastic, were super nice. Uh, you know, it was a very enjoyable experience being in, in uh, Birmingham for, for multiple fights I covered down there. A nice arena they had there, solid hotel, good airport, a good place to go out. I mean, I, I listen, I'm not saying Birmingham is the, the, the uh, you know, the, the hub of, uh, of leisure and, and of uh, travel right. and, and tourism and all, but uh, I enjoyed my trips to, uh, to Birmingham, Alabama. And I have been there numerous times. And again, Tuscaloosa is about 45 minutes to the south, but that's the home of where the University of Alabama is. And by the way, the Bronze Bombers is big an Alabama football fan, as you will find. I mean, he loses his mind watching games from what I've been his, told with people around him. So he's he's allegiance to Roll Deontay Tide. Wilder's, Deontay Wilder's dream before he became a professional boxer was he wanted to play football for the University of Alabama. It didn't work out. And he was, you know, and people know the story if they followed his career. He was, he was uh, doing you know, working as a dishwasher, working uh-huh. as a, as a short order cook, that type of thing in uh in like an, an IHOP or whatever, or Denny's, I forget what it was. He was Basically, also he was driving to, a beverage truck, yeah, a delivery was, truck a lot of the time. He, he had a daughter that had a medical condition. He was trying to make money to be able to pay and support her medical uh, situation, you know, not to mention support your own life. Uh, and he, he found boxing later in his life, went to the Olympics became the, the bronze medalist, hence the nickname, the bronze bomber, and uh, was thought there could be a, a situation where he could have a professional career. He signed. Uh, he's still with that same team to this day. Shelly Finkel as his manager. Uh, JD's, uh, you know, maybe has been demoted to assistant trainer, but Jay has been with him from day one and trained him as an amateur. Um, not too long after that, he was with Al Heyman, who's been with him now for many, many years. And Deontay Wilder went from uh, just a good athlete hoping to play football to becoming a, a star boxer and a long-term uh, guy, you know, heavyweight title holder. He, you know, he defended that title, the WBC about 10 times, more times than Mike Tyson. So that. that's a pretty big deal. In Tyson's first reign, he had nine title defenses. So, uh, you know, I know people want to want to dump on Deontay for the level of opposition, but he beat some solid good of fighters, including King Kong Ortiz two times. Uh, Stavern, who was undefeated when they fought, when he won the title, beat him again in a rematch. Um, some other solid opponents over the years that were undefeated and uh, and of course had the big giant trilogy with uh, Fury, which he came out on the short end of. But now it's, uh, you know, this Hellenius fight's the beginning of what he hopes is a comeback to another opportunity. And he's not taking a soft touch in the return. Um, and frankly, if you're going to be on pay-per-view, uh, this fight is a Fox pay-per-view. You, you really can't be a taken on a nobody. Um, I don't know. I wish him good luck. He's always been a, a first class guy to deal with in my book. We agree with that. So fight coming in a couple of weeks. We're almost done here on Fight Freaks Unite. Two other things uh, over the weekend. Matchroom Boxing has confirmed not only the date for the trilogy fight, Chocolatito and Juan Francisco Estrada, but they've also confirmed the site, Dan, real quick. Give us the latest. Well, a few weeks ago, uh, when uh, Juan Francisco Estrada had his 
victory over Argy Cortez in a hell of a fight. That was back in September, early September. In the ring after the fight, they announced that, in fact, that the trilogy fight with Chocolatito was, uh, was on. Remember, it had been postponed two times because at one time or another, each of them had gotten COVID. Uh, but because Estrada had been out of the ring for so long, he wanted this uh, return fight. So he fought Cortez in September. And, and the rematch was then set up. It was going to be, it's going to be December the 3rd, but the site was not set. So initially a match room had informed me that it was likely going to be in San Antonio, which made sense because the concept was they were also looking to have Bam Rodriguez on the undercard. And he is of course from San Antonio. And he's also got one of the titles in the junior band and weight division. And Eddie Hearn from match rooms uh, thought uh, in terms of planning ahead was we're going to have a great trilogy fight between Chocolatito and Estrada and the winner of that fight, he would like to match for the WBC title against Bam Rodriguez. But now the fight is going to take place in, uh, in uh, Glendale, Arizona, in the arena right outside of Phoenix, same arena where uh, Anderson Silva and Jake Paul are going to be fighting uh, later in October. In any event, uh, that tells me, although it's not, they haven't announced this, but it seems like that means that Bam Rodriguez won't be on that card. He did just fight on the Canelo Alvarez undercard when he had the third fight with Triple G, but maybe he will be on the card. But the point is, um, Chocolatito, and, and, uh, and Roman Gonzalez, uh, Roman, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez and Juan Francisco Estrada are going to meet for the third time. They've had two fantastic fights at the present time. It's uh, uh, Estrada with the lineal championship at the junior bantamweight division because the other belts have been vacated, even though their second fight was to unify titles. But because of the way this crazy sport works, sometimes those belts have gone away. He is the franchise champion, if you care about that, of the WBC. Uh, in any event, it's going to be a great third fight. And uh, the folks in Glendale, Arizona are going to be lucky to host it because it can't be anything other than a barn burner once again. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Again, that's December. You also have learned before we're gone here that the Zepeda Progress fight at 140 that's for the vacant uh, belt. Again, Josh Taylor, I can't keep track. Does he have any of the belts left? He's got like one of them left. He vacated. He has- this is the WBC belt he vacated, right? This, no, this no, 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 no. TJ, he still has the WBO belt. WBO. So this is going to be for the vacant WBC. That's what the I said. The IBF recently become became vacant also, and also the WBA, uh, the WBA which All has right, since so, been filled. So the WBC vacant title fight, Zapata Pro Gray, and you've learned more that it's now looking official and win. Well, first of all, there was a purse bid that Marv Nation Promotions, as we've discussed, won the purse bid for what most people who followed this business thought was a wildly insanely high purse bid win of $2.4 million. And people were thinking, okay, are they going to actually be able to pull this off, put up the deposit, get it signed, get it situated? Well, as you tick off the the laundry list of things to do, they did put the deposit up, which was uh, $240,000. And uh, I'm now told that the two parties are signed onto a contract to do the fight. Remember, just because they win a purse bid, you still got to get it papered and the two athletes and their teams have to sign off on it. So uh, I am told by multiple people involved in the event that the fighters have signed their contracts and uh, they haven't made a formal announcement. But again, I am told the fight's going to be on November 26th, which is the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend. It will be a pay-per-view. And uh, once again, I am told that most likely now the fight will take place at the Dignity Health Park in Carson, California. Obviously, a, a great hotbed for boxing. It's hosted you know, dozens and dozens of fights over the years when it was the StubHub Center, when it was the uh, Home Depot Center. And, uh, and now it's uh, the Dignity Health Park. So that, that will be a, a good location given its history of boxing and uh, a fan base that, that is in that area. You know, uh, Zapata is from Southern California. Hopefully he can draw some fans there. Um, you know, ProGrade doesn't have a fan base there particularly, but, you know, he's a, a quality contender. Hopefully, listen, I know that I've had my say in terms of the craziness of that purse bid, but I wish them good luck. I hope they have a good event. I hope they uh, are able to put on a good show. And uh, so far, as I said, they're ticking off the boxes of, uh, of doing what they've got to do to get prepped. Now, I'm not so sure that, that the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend is, is a good thing for, for pay-per-view. You know, in the business of boxing, it's always been known as a good television night. HBO used to have boxing cards on that Saturday night often. Uh, you know, it's not a bad night for a, a regular card in terms of basic cable or, or premium cable. But to get folks to buy a pay-per-view on that night is a little bit different because usually pay-per-views, you're having parties or you're having people over. And on Thanksgiving weekend, usually you're still hunkered down with your family who you're with on Thanksgiving who are not necessarily boxing fans. It's one thing to turn the fight on for free, but they're not necessarily wanting to pony up the money for the pay-per-view. So I guess we'll have to see how that works out. But um, whether they make money or lose money is not my problem, but I'll enjoy the fight. 
Good enough. And again, uh, things are, are a little now disheveled at 140, but they'll get some resolution here as these uh, vacant title now, fights. Why do you say on. that's disheveled? Well, because just from this, well, just from this standpoint, Taylor had all the belts. And now there's going to be a separate WBA, WBC, and IBF champ from him. But his fight with Catterall is probably the most interesting fight that's coming later this year, too. I'm just saying disheveled in that now there's going to be several guys that are champions. And he had all four, but now he only has one. That's all. But that's where we have, I have to, you know, where, where words become important. Now, you can say what you want about the result of what happened in Taylor Catterall. It was controversial. Maybe Catterall should have got the decision. But at the end of the day, Taylor got the decision. He's still the champ. He's still the guy. He's still number one. The other guys, all good fighters, no issues with them, nothing personal. They are mere title holders. That Josh Taylor is the man who beat the man who beat the man. He unified everything. He is the champ until he loses or leaves the weight class. Good enough. And a good all these other guys are fighting for second place right now. All right. Right for now. All right, good enough. So we're good on the recap. Again, nice job with Deontay Wilder. And we got much more later this week in terms of coverage. We got Eubank and Ben uh, fighting this weekend. Matchroom in England, the Suns. The Suns of the two legendary fighters are fighting. We also have Sebastian Fundura, uh, one, of the, one of the great intriguing oddities as a 6'7 or bigger. He may even be a little taller, uh, junior middleweight. He's in action in a main event fight. So we got all that to talk about this week and get ready to preview later in the week. One more time before we're gone. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it's uh, after having no fights, uh, uh, for, you know, pretty much of consequence this past weekend. We got those shows coming up. And Fandora, by the way, is not six, seven or six. Eight. He's really like six, five. Still huge for the There's weight a press class. thing that's out that says he's six, eight. I'm not buying that. He's but not he six, looks, I've stood. I've stood next to the kid. And and I know you how would say, I am. And I'm you like would six say, feet. He's, he's legitimately about six, five. Like if you look on his box rec, if you look on his box rec, he's listed at six five and a half. Maybe he's maybe you give him the extra half inch, but still. again, it's still massive for that weight class. Yes. But let's not you know uh, extend the the uh, the weight it's, the height. It's not that like much. Fletch six six eight six eleven with the afro or whatever it was <laughs> there. Uh, hey, what about Fletch from Chick Hearn there with that? Uh, Fedora is fun Like you said though, Fedora is a very intriguing fighter. Yes, uh, I wish he would learn to use that height a little bit more. Uh, to his advantage, you know, he still mm -hmm. uh, can do so. He's fighting Carlos Ocampo. We'll get into the preview mode when we do the next podcast. Uh, honestly, this should not be that complicated of a fight for him. Um, you know, don't, maybe I'm just biased because the one time I saw Ocampo in person, uh, I saw him a lot on Spanish language TV, but the one time I saw him in person, I was there in Frisco, Texas, when he was Errol Spence's mandatory for the IBF title at welterweight. And Errol Spence just absolutely threw him away like a used tissue in the first round. There you go on that. All right, so that's all later in the week with Fundora back and Eubank and Ben, et cetera. For now, though, we're good. My friend, have yeah. a good rest of uh, the early part of the week here. We thank you for hopping on on Fight Freaks Unite, and we encourage everybody to read your Substack. Read him on BigFightWeekend.com. Thank you, Dan Rayfield. Oh, hold on. If they subscribe, you know what they get? What do they get if they're subscribing and finding us? You know, they from what my friend TJ Reeves has said many times, you get a ding, you get a bell, you get a vibration, you get a light. And if we do it, whenever it's put out, you get it. No, that's exactly right. You don't have to worry about a social media prompt or anything else. Just like you got this podcast, if you were following and subscribing, whenever it's out. Again, uh, much craziness for us, but we got the podcast in here. Have a good week this week. We'll be talking to you soon, Dan Rayfield. You too. Enjoy. Thanks, TJ. There we go. For Dan Rayfield, I'm TJ Reeves. That concludes this edition of the Fight Freaks Unite Recap Podcast.